Uh, good morning once again. It is so good to be with you all here today on this Sunday morning in the midst of a Memorial Day weekend as we gather uh, together in person and online to worship Almighty God. To those who are watching on YouTube or Facebook Live, hi, great to see you that way. And to everyone here, I'm so, um, so blessed to be with you today. I want to do a, kind of a dad brag for just a minute, if that's okay with you. Um, some of you know that I was a coach this season for my son Theo's single-A Little League baseball team. And on Thursday, Theo and his team made it into the championship game. And Theo played great. The whole team played great. And we won first place. Yes. Yes. There they are. There they are. Um, and so that's, that was awesome. Uh, as, as a manager and as a coach, I got to kind of um, see the inner workings of the Little League, you know, when you get into something like that. And... Um, Last year, because of the pandemic, the Little League season was canceled. And so this year, they were determined to do whatever it took to make sure they could have the season. So we had this team league rep, Rob. And I don't know much about this man. I do not know him personally. I don't know him outside of this. But one thing I know about Rob is he loves Little League baseball. And um, this is his passion. This is his community. This is his commitment of his time and talents. He really wanted it to be an awesome season for everyone involved. So this is what he did. He would send co uh, emails to the coaches with updates and reminders. He would check in to see how the games were going. He would say encouraging words to me every time he saw me. He would text me and ask how the parents were doing, how the players were doing, how the field maintenance was holding up. No detail escaped his positive affirmation and interest. So he wanted to make this baseball league that had lost a season to COVID come back and be better than it ever had been before. He wanted to make things better. And uh, I'm talking to you about this t today, about this little league, but it sure sounds a lot like our church. You know what I mean? Sounds a lot like what we're up to and working on together in the life of our church as we also come back again. We're in this sermon series, in fact, on Ezra and Nehemiah, which are these Old Testament books that talk about the way that God's people found a way back to uh, Jerusalem, to their center, their spiritual life after having been in exile, being apart from each other. This little league is doing that work out on the playing fields. And we as a church, we are also stepping into and saying yes to that high calling, that work that God has placed before us to rebuild our life together as a community. We do it in Jesus' name. There's a pastor in Atlanta. His name is Andy Stanley. Some of you will have heard of him. And he says that one of the core values that he has for his church and for his church members, uh, church and uh, staff, is this. They always want to make it better. This is their catchphrase. How can we make it better? That's something that they focus on in their church. And when they have an event or a sermon series, when they, when they care for people who are in trouble or do a mission project, this is what he always asks. How can we make it better? I think part of what he means by that is how can we improve our systems, you know, the ways that we're trying to do all the good works that we're trying to do in God's name. It's a question that we ask in our church as well. You know, we're trying to figure out online signups, how to make wise decisions about mask use and policies for our campus, we're trying to figure out how to gather small groups again, fellowship, um, how to get prayer requests out to people and be in mission. We want to make it better in systemic terms for our community. But what I'm even more interested in than that is the personal and human element of making it better. What I mean is... Um, 
how can we seek to make it better for the person we meet, the person we run into, the one we interact with? How, what is our part, your part, my part to play in making that person's life or week or day a little bit better? You know, it can happen with the people we work with in our jobs. How can you make it better for your colleagues or coworkers? It can happen in your school. How can you make it better for those teachers, those students, the parents? It can happen with the people we live with in our homes. How can you make it better for your spouse? for your kids, for your parents, for your siblings, for that uncle who moved in during COVID and never moved out again. I don't know your situation. I'm not casting any aspersions, I hope, on someone. One thing about Rob, the patron saint of Little League Baseball, is that he demonstrated how to show up and make everybody's day a little better, easier, clearer, more enjoyable, more focused, more meaningful. That's the way that St. Rob operated, um, not only to set up good systems, you know, sign-up sheets and game schedules and field maintenance, but also he wanted to develop positive relationships with the people in that Little League community. I really appreciated this about Rob because he didn't want to be the Grinch that stole baseball. He didn't want to be the grump who, who guarded his turf. Instead, he wanted to lift up those people he met. And I have to admit that for me, as a parent, as a coach, as a manager, I was more active, more involved. I gave more of myself because of what he gave to me, because of the positive impact he had on me. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll do, go a little further. I'll do my best. I'll, 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 um, I'll be a part of this. He made me feel good, and I was glad when I saw him coming. So now you're wondering, okay, Pastor Dave, like, great story about baseball, but we're, we're in church. What does that have to do with us? What does that have to do with the Bible, maybe? I'm thinking about this with you today because um, of a little detail that we find in our scripture story that um, Pastor Jack read for us this morning. Nehemiah, we are told, is in Susa, which is the winter residence of Persian kings. So this means that while some people have already gone back into, um, into Jerusalem and have started the work of rebuilding the walls of the city, um, others, like Nehemiah, have not gone back yet. They are still in exile. He's still in, this, in Susa, this place in Persia. And this is historically true that the return of God's people in the Old Testament didn't happen all at once in a single event. It happened in waves. It happened in waves. So when you read the, the books, Ezra and Nehemiah, you'll notice that a bunch of the stories, like at least four of the stories, start with somebody in exile. Then they hear about the opportunity to go back, and they take it, and then the story is how they go back and rebuild some portion of their life. It happens again and again. The reason for this, catch this point there, Ted. The reason for this is that the story is not told chronologically. It is told theologically. This is not a chronological story. It's a theological story. And what I mean by that is um, that the leaders in these books, and they, you've heard some of their names, Sheshbazar, Zerubbabel, Yeshua, Ezra, and finally Nehemiah, all of them begin in exile, and they go through a process led by God to be restored or redeemed or renewed in the place where God wants them to be. In this sense, this is the gospel story, isn't it? You know, the way that we find ourselves in a far-off country, far from the life as we want it to be, and then by some power of God, some grace of God, some call of God, we're, we're brought in. We're brought home. 
we're led to the place where God wants us to be more and more. That's the story of the prodigal son in the Gospel of Luke. That's the story of Ezra and Nehemiah. And that's the story of our times as well. We are living in, an, in a unique era right now because of the way that we've been separated. We've been forced to be apart until finally, just now, finally now, only now, we can come back together again as God's people. So the question we're asking as we come back is this consistent uh, notion of how do we do it? How do we rebuild our center in life? How do we take on good habits, practices, and patterns for our week or our day? How are things going to be different, and how can we make it better? I'm drawing on the example of Nehemiah in this story to help us answer those questions. We notice that Nehemiah hears about this big project that's going on to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. He hears that it is not an easy process. It has some parts that are hard or messy or unfinished. And he's called to contribute to the larger effort. Our time these days is very similar. As we come back together week by week, we are trying to figure it out. The session of our church, which is our elders, we met this last week. And we talked about this and figured out how do we keep going toward our goal of returning safely to a life together in our church. And as we've said, this means that we're continuing to wear masks indoors. Thank you. We also made a decision to be outdoors. You don't need to wear a mask if you're vaccinated, if you're here, if you're an adult, if you feel safe. That's okay outside. We want to keep social distancing going just for now, just for a while. It seems like it's part of reaching our goal. We're encouraging people to get the vaccine, encouraging all of our members, anyone who wants to be part of our church to do that. We're planning all kinds of fellowship activities. We want to have multiple entry points into the life of the church, and I hope you will say yes to many of them, all of them. Hey, if you're at home, come on out when, we, when you hear about an outdoor food event, a.k.a. a barbecue in the summer. So there's, there's a key point in all of this that I want, I want to make sure you see as I talk about it. Um, because all of this is good stuff that we're talking about. This is the, these are the things we've been hoping for, praying for, working for all this time. And here it is. Right at the end of this reading from Nehemiah, it gives us a clue. It says, Nehemiah says this, At this time, I was the cupbearer to the king. Did you notice that? I was the cupbearer to the king. Next week, we'll talk about that some more. But th for this week, just focusing on that. The cupbearer to the king was a person who was almost a trusted part of the royal family. They were there at mealtime. They were there to keep others safe. They were there to make life a little easier for the people that they were working with. I would say that Nehemiah's job was making things better for the people he met. That was his role. This is my main point with you today uh, for this sermon. As we return to life together in a community, how do we take on that same kind of attitude to be cupbearers for each other, to make it our goal to make things a little better for somebody else? In our kids' elementary school, they have this, um, this phrase about either being a bucket filler or a bucket dipper. Have you ever heard that before? If you have, yeah, maybe you had kids in those, the same kind of programs. A bucket dipper is somebody who's always dipping into everybody else's bucket and taking something out. A bucket dipper is kind of going around taking something from them, making it worse or less enjoyable. But then there's the bucket filler who shows up with a mind to help, the one who comes with an encouraging word, the one who gives a patient, listening ear. The bucket filler is the one who puts somebody else's needs even above their own. To me, Nehemiah is the 
cupbearer who's trying to do this kind of job for the king. But we can also learn from him for our life as a church. We can be people who lift each other up, who fill each other up, who make things better for those we meet. And here's the best part. Church, here's the best part at home. When we serve others or make things better for others, we aren't just doing it for them. As Christians, we believe that when we do that, we're doing it for God. We're doing it as an expression of our faith in God, as a thanksgiving to God. The way that we show up for others is a way of saying thank you to God. We're cupbearers to the king. Our king is Jesus, the one who calls our, calls our best forward and invites us into service. So we love God by loving those around us. We live our faith by how we live in the world. So that's the question for today. That's a question for you as you kind of go into your bruncheons and luncheons and all the rest. How can you be a cupbearer, a burden bearer, a bucket filler for somebody this week? I was talking to a friend a few months ago about a trip we want to take this summer. It's a hiking trip, a camping trip. And um, we want to go out and, and kind of and make a big hike and camp along the way. As we talked about it, we were saying, ooh, there's a lot involved in this. You know, there's a lot of details, a lot of gear you need, a lot of things going on. You know what we need? We need Steve Fainer. <laughs> yes, yes. Because um, if you don't know Steve, he's our youth director, but he's also uh, the number one expert in all things camping, and all things outdoors, and all things other than his wife, who's in this picture with him. Uh, he's our number one expert. And we realized that if you're camping out in the woods somewhere, hiking, or making a trip like that, Steve Fainer is a person who makes it better. He does not make it worse. He makes it better for you when you're trying to figure out how to do a trip like that. Um, and my friend Ed and I, we realized we need Steve if we're going to do this trip. We were on a Zoom call this last Wednesday night, you know, here in our shelter and study, that midweek church formation time we've been doing. And our guest for the night was um, Peter DeSena, who's the Los Gatos police chief. And I was struck by the way he talked about the role of police. He said, almost every officer sees it as their job, their role, to help those in need, to try and make things better. So then we asked him some tough questions, right? Because policing has been in the news these days, of course. We asked him all about um, what's been going on in our country with mass protest movements, with Black Lives Matter, with George Floyd, with systemic racism, and how this has impacted him and his department. And this is what he said to us. It's really interesting. He said, um, my job is to work for our, with our department to make us better. He said, my job is to work within my department to make us do a better job of policing because our job is to help. He didn't duck the question. He talked about, as chief, how his role is to train his officers in implicit bias, in de-escalation tactics, in mental health issues, in cultural competency. He said there are real issues, and my job is to try to make it better. There's a woman in our church who for many years has suffered from medical um, issues. She's constantly getting treatment and trying to get her body to work the way that she wants it to work, but it doesn't. So she's been limited. She's been living in pain. So because of the pandemic and her mobility issues, I haven't seen this woman in quite some time, over a year, actually. Um, but we email, and she keeps in touch with friends, and she's part of the Zoom life of our church. And 
consistently um, when she gives me an update about how it's going, you know, about how her, the challenges are, are, that she's facing are going. She'll say something like this, I want you to know that I'm praying for you and for your family and for our church. There's not much else I can do right now, but I can pray. She's trying to make it better. Even within her own personal life, her prayer life, she can't do it out in the world in this active way. She does it in a devotional way. So I bring you these examples today of the ways that various people are at work trying to make it better. Whether it's in a community organization like Rob from Little League, whether it's among friends like Steve on a camping trip, whether it's in a, the workplace like um, the, the chief of police with his officers, whether it's in your private um, prayer practice like my friend Elaine. What will it look like for you? As we come back together as a church family, whether um, in person or hybrid or online, I want to encourage you to come with this same mindset. Make things better for those you meet. To be a cupbearer to the king of kings means showing up and lifting up others. And as we do that with our thoughts and our words and our actions, we're really serving our God. May it be so for you. Amen. Amen.